Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It is Thursday, and I just have a couple of things to talk to you about today. Just uh, one of those days when I've got my brain all jumbled up. We're in day two of the crazy snowstorm here in Nebraska. It's, um, I think we have about 15 inches out here on the river. It's, it's, it was a a big day yesterday. Our clinic was lightly populated because nobody could travel, and it was just a, it's just a big snowstorm. So I hope you're safe and warm wherever you are. And I just have a couple things for you today. We're going to talk about your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. We're going to talk about frogs, and we're going to talk about why it's so important that Lisa always tells us to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. All right, let's get after it. I want to take you to um, a book that I've told you about before, Bessel van der Kolk's amazing book, The Body Keeps the Score, is a great book about what happens to your body and your mind when you deal with trauma and PTSD and anxiety and hard things. And it's just a great, great book if you want to kind of tie together the, the mind-body connections, okay? Not a spiritual book, but it's a book about neuroscience and about what happens in complex trauma and all that. It's a great, great, great book if you're interested in that sort of thing. But let me just give you just one thing that he talked about in there that I that I really feel like it's important for us to know because I feel like we're in a time right now. We, we came through November where we're trying to let God do a new thing by getting rid of some of the old things, right? Then we got into December where we talked about drying things up. And if you're new around here, go back and check out the episodes from November 1st uh, and all the way through December and early January. We've been talking about this idea of getting rid of things that are holding us back. And rather than having a kind of a New Year's resolution kind of idea, we're talking about implementing systems and real changes in our lives that will help us be more successful, get rid of things that are holding us back, break through into things that we feel called to or led to, and letting God finally keep his promises by by stopping things that are keeping him from keeping his promises to us, okay? So all that stuff's been in context for the last few months. And what I have for you today is just this one idea. I feel like some of the problems we've had, especially in the last three years, I mean, 2020, 21, and 22 were hard. There was a lot of stuff going on. Five years ago, you wouldn't have even imagined that the United States would look something like it does right now, that the world would have gone through something like it did, that, that our culture and our, and our just everything has changed so much in three years. It's crazy, right? But just remember that the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. This is not the first time the world has undergone dramatic change. And so we have a God who's timeless. Jesus says yesterday, 
tomorrow and forever will be the same. So that means that he's not surprised by these things. So we have to learn how to deal with them. But one of the problems with dealing with chronic stress where over and over and over constantly surrounded by stress and difficulties and, and hardships and all the things that have been going on for the last three years in the world is you can get in this mode where you're perpetually stressed you're perpetually worried you're perpetually anxious perpetually frustrated right and you feel like you, you can't ever take a break well on neuroscience level you have two systems working in your body all the time the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system and those two systems work together to basically help you survive in the world. Now, you've heard it many times. We've talked about the sympathetic nervous system basically is sometimes known as fight or flight. These are the things, the chemical responses and triggers in your brain that trigger things in your body to help you survive when there's a threat. A wolf comes in the door of your house. You're going to run away. You're going to grab a gun. You're going to fight. You're going to do something to protect and survive, right? It's the same wiring that when you touch a hot stove, you jerk your hand back automatically. You, you don't have to think about it. Your sympathetic nervous system kicks in to protect you, and you trigger a whole bunch of synapses that produce you pulling your arm away or your hand away from that threat. Right? But the problem is when there's not a real threat, when there's a, a worry, a concern, and your body goes through the same set of chemical things that then trigger similar synapses in your real life, and you you know somebody's hurt you before, and you now decide that the new person in your life Life is going to hurt you too. So you pull back instinctively and don't get into a good relationship, a healthy relationship, because you're worried about the previous one, even subconsciously, right? You're constantly in fight or flight. Somebody sends you a text message and you spend three days trying to figure out what they meant and you're stressed and you're worried. And what if they meant this? And what do I do then? And what happens if so-and-so doesn't love me anymore? And blah, 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 blah. And you go down this path and you stay in this anxious state, Right. So one of the things that you need to know about the nervous system, about the sympathetic nervous system, is that they, the parasympathetic and sympathetic can't both help you at the same time. You can't be in fight or flight and engage, rest and digest and feed and breed and all the things that the parasympathetics do for you. So the parasympathetic system is involved in resting and eating and nurturing and intimacy and reproduction and all those things. And the sympathetic nervous system is involved in in speed and fight and run and exercise and stress and increased heart rate and all that stuff. So they're mutually exclusive. They can't happen at the same time. Darwin wrote about this, by the way. He noted that people and animals that are in a constant state of danger tend to have trouble navigating their lives. He said, behaviors to avoid or escape from danger have clearly evolved to render each organism competitive in terms of survival, but inappropriately prolonged escape or avoidance behavior would put the animal at a disadvantage in that successful species preservation demands reproduction, which in turn depends upon feeding, shelter, and mating activities, all of which are reciprocals of avoidance and escape. Let me break that down for you. Now, obviously, we have different opinions about whether we evolved that way or whether we created that way. But nevertheless, the point is true that an organism that is constantly in a state of escape or avoidance, of running, fighting, stress, anxiety, disturbance, danger, all those things can't simultaneously rest and have good nutrition and get good exercise and, and reproduce and have good intimate relationships and, and, and preserve their family. 
and you know you can't you can't have both at the same time you can't be in a constant state of war in real war or with yourself or with your family or with your finances or something else and at the same time get a good night's sleep and nourish yourself well and have a, a good healthy relationship with your spouse you can't you can't have both so Bessel van der Kolk wrote this if an organism is stuck in survival mode, its energies are focused on fighting off unseen enemies, which leaves no room for na- nurture, care, and love. For us humans, it means that as long as the mind is defending itself against invisible assaults, our closest bonds are threatened, along with our ability to imagine, plan, play, learn, and pay attention to other people's needs. Okay, that's enough neuroscience. I'm, I'm trying to tell you something, friend, that you've got a decision to make because the difference between you and, you know, Harvey and Lewis, for example, if, if a coyote comes in the house, there's going to be a fight. And they can't get to a place where they could peacefully coexist with that coyote. They're not going to just decide, hey, we're all just going to get along. Let's take a nap. And, you know, we got enough room on our bed for you to lay down and rest. There's going to be a fight to the death if that thing comes in the house. And they're not going to stop to rest or eat or sleep or take care of themselves. They're going to fight to the death. That's just how they're wired. And they don't have the ability to say, wait, this fighting isn't doing any of us any good. Guys, let's, let's all get along. Here, we've got enough toys. We've got enough stuffed animals for the coyote to play, too. We've got enough food for you to have some, too. They can't do that. They can't switch their mind away from destructive or fighting or, or anxious or stressful behavior. They can't. They're forced by their nature to fight to the death. Okay, until that thread is removed. You, however, have a gift in your nervous system called selective attention that God gave you. You have the ability to say, I am so tired of being so tired. I'm stressed out all the time. I've got to stop worrying about what that person meant in that text message. I've got to think about something else. I've got to pray. I've got to read. I've got to sleep. I've got to play Sudoku. I've got to do something else. I've got to take my brain off that stressful thing whether it's real or imagined, and I've got to think about something else. I've got to disengage my sympathetic nervous system, and I've got to engage my parasympathetics. I've got to rest. I've got to eat. I've got to nurture myself. I've got to work on my relationship with my loved ones, right? You you have the power to make a decision, to change trains, to, to, to direct your selective attention to something healthier. You have the power. You do. And so the question is, are we going to be self-brain surgeons or are we going to be wild animals and let our brains run amok and tell us and direct our steps? Are we going to respond with thought and intention and relentlessly refuse to participate in our own demise or are we going to react out of our instinct? Because here's the truth. Your brain is hardwired to protect you, to fight or flight. And you're in those parts of your brain will overcome your reason and your selective attention unless you drive the ship. What you think about becomes what you do, but you get to choose. And if you don't choose, then you're stuck with the default state. And the default state is all about your survival. Okay. So you're going to run away unless you choose to stay. You're going to fight unless you choose to play and plan and learn and pay attention to other people's needs. You're going to. So I told you we're going to talk about frogs. Christine Kane's daily devotional called First Things First that I get every morning. It's a great little newsletter. She writes probably four, 300 words, 400 words every day, and it's worth it. But today she said something I had never noticed. I've been reading the Bible my whole life, okay, since I was a kid. I've been reading the Bible forever. I've read Exodus 
I don't know, a hundred times, maybe, maybe not that many, maybe, maybe 50 times. I don't know. I've read it many times. Okay. In Exodus chapter eight, Moses is, is dealing with the Pharaoh, trying to get him to let the people go. You probably know the story. There's plague after plague after plague, right? 10 plagues. And finally they get the people out. Finally, Pharaoh changes. And then he even ended up, ends up chasing them and drowning in the sea and all that. Right. So in the Exodus in chapter eight is the plague of the frogs. God sends these frogs to, to just wipe out the Egyptians and drive them crazy. He says, Exodus 8, 3, Moses tells Pharaoh, the Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and your bedroom and onto your bed and the houses of your officials and on your people and in your ovens and your kneading troughs. There are going to be frogs everywhere. That's what he's saying. And it came to pass. Now, this would be a nightmare for Lisa and Josh. My dear wife and my son hate frogs, okay? They hate them. So if you imagine your house, in your your refrigerator, your, your bread basket, your car, everything filled with frogs, they're everywhere. You can't take a step without stepping on a frog. It would be horrible, right? Well, here's what happened. This is really interesting. Pharaoh says, hey, take them away. Take them away. Let me let me pull it up in the in the message. I love how this plays out in the message. So Moses says, "There's going to be frogs everywhere. They're going to be all over you, all over everyone. Frogs everywhere, on and in everything." Then God said to Moses, "Tell Aaron, wave your staff over the rivers and canals and ponds. Bring up frogs on the land of Egypt." And he did it. Okay, so verse six. Aaron stretched his staff over the waters of Egypt, and a mob of frogs came up and covered the country. Verse 7, but again, the magicians did the same thing, so Pharaoh's magicians were able to conjure up some frogs. Then Pharaoh called in Moses, this is verse 8, pray to God to rid us of these frogs. I'll release the people so that they can go make their sacrifices and worship God. So, so he says, okay, I give up. The frogs are driving me crazy. They're ruining my land. They're, they're wiping out my people. I give up. Pray to, pray to your God and ask him to get rid of the frogs. And something interesting happens in verse 9. Moses said to Pharaoh, certainly, set the time. When do you want the frogs out of here, away from your servants and people and out of your houses? You'll be rid of frogs except the ones in the river. There's always going to be frogs in the river, right? Here's what Pharaoh says in verse 10. Make it tomorrow. So so Moses says, so Pharaoh says, please pray to God and get rid of these frogs. Moses says, all right, when do you want them gone? And Pharaoh says, how about tomorrow? And Moses said, tomorrow it is. So you'll realize that there is no God like our God. The frogs will be gone. And it came to pass. So here's what Christine Kane said that I'd missed forever. Why in the world that these frogs are destroying everything and they're everywhere and you can't take a step without a frog and they're driving you crazy. And Moses says, when do you want them gone? Why would he say Tomorrow. Christine Kane said this. Well, some people believe that he wanted the frogs to go away on their own rather than having to ask God to do something about it. So in other words, he was hoping that his guys could figure out a way to get rid of the frogs without having to have God do it so that so that they could be responsible for the victory, so that they could be in charge of when it happened. They, would, they were going to try to figure it out on their own. Pharaoh's response reveals, Christine Kane's re- writing this, Pharaoh's response reveals an important aspect of our humanity. As crazy as it sounds, his reaction is actually how we can be all the time when it comes to our issues and our baggage. We'd like for it all to just clear up on its own rather than asking God to deliver us from it. But know this, God is ready and prepared to deliver you from whatever you are struggling with right 
now there is no reason to sit with your baggage any longer. All we have to do is ask him and submit to him, and he can remove the frogs from your life. Okay, so here's the deal, friend. You have the power. And we're talking specifically about our nervous system today, right? Neurotheology Thursday, whatever you want to call it. Specifically, you have the power to decide, are you going to continue in this lifetime this last three years especially, of fight or flight? Are you going to worry all the time? Are you going to try to parse every letter of every text message? Are you going to try to wonder what that look on that person's face was about? Are you going to lie in bed awake at night and worry about the finances? Are they ever going to work out? Are you going to lie in bed and wonder whether you're getting cancer or not? Are you going to wonder if your boss is going to ever look, you know, give you that promotion? Or are you going to say, wait, time out. I can't stay in this stressed out state all the time. I've got to rest. I've got to pray. I've got to figure out a way to take care of myself and engage in some self-care and let God nurture me back to health. And I've got to get my brain under control so I can decide what I think about and I can decide how I direct my energy under his control. I can think about better things. I can choose to be a self-brain surgeon. I can choose to relentlessly pers- per- refuse to participate in my own demise. I am not going to wait until tomorrow to get rid of these stupid frogs. I'm going to do it today. There's a beautiful song Eileen and Tommy Walker wrote called Rest. I'm going to play it at the end of this episode. Rest. I'm resting in your promises. It's time to rest, friend. It's time to stop being stressed out. It's time to stop being so tired of being so tired of being so tired all the time. Okay, and you can choose. And if God says to you, when do you want me to get rid of this problem in your life? When do you want me to get these frogs out of here? Why in the world would you say tomorrow? And don't beat Pharaoh up too much. I mean, we all we all do it, right? Say, I'm, you know, this is the last night I'm going to have a drink. This is the last time I'm going to go over to her house. This is the last time I'm going to click on that website. This is the last time I'm going to go to the casino. This is the last bag of Cheetos I'm going to buy. This is the last. I'm going to do it one more time, just one more time. Why do we do that? I'm going to figure this out on my own. I'm going to work through it on my own. I'm going to I'm going to take care of it on my own. I'm going to gut it out until I solve it. Instead, say, God, please take the frogs away and do it today. I don't want to wait anymore. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't want to wake up one more day with the headache. I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to have this problem one more day. Look, friend, it's January, right? We did the new thing November. We dried up December. Now we're ready for this breakthrough. And it's time. It's time to learn how to rest. It's time to engage selective attention. It's time to learn how to change trains. It's time to let him change our minds. It's time to become healthier and feel better and be happier. But you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can get rid of those frogs and you don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can start today. Oh, I'm resting in your love for me. I'm resting in your sovereignty. I'm resting in your faithful arms, oh God. Oh, I'm resting in your plans for me. That they're all for good, not to harm me. I'm resting in your promises, oh God. And I don't have to worry. No, I don't have to fear. Because I know who you are, Lord. I know your Father's heart. And I don't have to worry. 
Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.